Hello there. Welcome. It's part two of our filmmakers podcast with Born Ultimatum star and director of Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, Joey Ansar. In this episode, part two, we chat more with Joey about director Paul Greengrass and his process making Born, how Joey made Street Fighter Legacy and raised the money for Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, his pitching and marketing techniques, understanding the studio system and his upcoming projects. Remember, like, share and subscribe, all that jazz. So we last left Joey talking about action choreography and that is where we shall pick it back up. Enjoy. <laughs> if you have some degree of pre-visualization, mm. then you shoot to order and you you design the cin- the cinematography around the action. Mm. So if there's going to be a big face hit, you may want some real contacts. But if I'm action directing a fight, I'll tell an actor, you're only going to need to do this once or twice, and we <clears throat> it's going to be from this angle. And it's going to look great and guaranteed it's going to be in the edit. Mm. So that gives the performer the, the sufficient motivation to say, okay, I'm willing to sacrifice, take one for the team, because this is going to be a trailer moment. And there's no way this will be on the cutting room floor. Yeah, yeah. The number of fights you do where you risk life and limb, you wreck as hard as you can into a wall and mm-hmm. smash yourself up. And they've just they've just cut yeah. it. They've oh, well, the fight needs to be short. Let's just lose all that. And you're yeah. like, you motherfuckers, <laughs> <laughs> you motherfuckers. Even born, what you see of that fight is two thirds of the choreography. There's right. a huge amount that's wow. that's not in there. It's, if you watch the DVD featurette, you'll <clears throat> see a lot of sections. And we actually did really long takes, but because that style is cut, cut. Choppy, there's an choppy. edit cut yeah. every second, second or, <laughs> or point five of a mm-hmm. second. People maybe think, did we shoot it like that? No, we actually did very long takes. It's just how it's been cut that makes it look right. like that. Mm. But oh. but it's it's a style. I don't. Greengrass has a style that many have tried to imitate and mm-hmm. failed at. And and all of those fights Greengrass has done have a very strong emotional feel to them. And yeah, there's no sure. music. No, there's no score driving the emotions. It's it's just the foley of the fight yeah. and the grunts and, and you're gripped. So many films have then gone into this horrible shaky cam. Mm-hmm. Look at Taken. Yes. yes. Two, and it's just, and you're just like, no, you're missing the point. This is pure mimicry. Yeah. You're not, Greengrass had a style. That's his style. Don't. What, what was it specifically that he did that was, that you feels different? You know, was it, was he on long lenses a lot? Was he, what? Why was it that that fight particularly worked so well, and others have tried to emulate that, and we all go, it didn't work as well. Uh, I mean, he does it with his car chases. He does it. You watch Supremacy. Yeah, he, he does it with everything. It's a, it's a floating camera. Even in dialogue scenes, when Paddy Considine and uh, and Matt meet for the first time, it's or or Paddy meets someone that's giving him some information yes. about. It's floating like you're a voyeur mm. spying on someone's conversation, mm. like you almost shouldn't be there. And it's so that's imbued throughout the whole fabric of Paul's film. So when you see a fight or a car chase, it makes sense as part of the whole. Other films in isolation go into this right. disorientating. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, me and Paul had a discussion about it actually. Mm-hmm. 
Because a lot of, naturally, you have people that aren't a fan. And I remember he was like, look, the less you see, the more you believe. And I think it's impressionism. His style of doing fights is not about showing the fine details. Mm. It's about giving you the broad uh, uh, primal strokes of the combat. And as a result, you get a... You does what it says on the tin. You yeah. get a very powerful mm. uh, emotional response. If you're a fight purist, you may say, I want to see more of the technique by cutting so quickly. My eye cannot actually track. What was that Filipino Cali trap and counter mm -hmm. that Matt did there? Gringos is probably like, who gives a shit? Yeah. We're in combat and mm -hmm. you're going to feel it. Very few film fights give me any emotional response. Even something like John Wick. Mm. And this is the crazy thing. Everyone's been wanting, I wish stunt guys could direct a film and we'll see the action. And you do, boy, you, you see it all. Yeah. But sometimes it's so wide that you don't have an emotional mm. connection to it. There's not that sense of danger that the fight in Bourne is like two Rottweilers having a fight until one isn't moving. Yeah. Yeah. There's no posturing. There's no circling and one-linering mm -hmm. and, and flexing oiled muscles or taking off an item of clothing or a jacket. <laughs> there isn't time for that. And yeah. that's partly Paul's design and his fight team is that the fight is very realistic. Two highly dangerous individuals mm -hmm sort of he comes through the window i just react we're on autopilot yeah we're not thinking we're not intellectualizing the combat yeah. we're just doing what we've been trained to do until one of us is not moving anymore yeah and the audience as a result is holding their breath almost uncomfortable mm. until it's over and then there's this palpable sense of relief and yeah. that's the mastery of of paul that's what you're chasing. After seeing something that profound, be it the Bourne sequence mm -hmm. and seeing at the LA premiere, everyone silent, gripping their chest and then in applause. Wow. Yeah. Right? Or seeing the Dark Knight and that. I, I go off and try and scientifically break down mm. like a graph of stages. Why did this have such an emotional effect on me? And mm. I need to understand the DNA of this editorial mm. sequence mm. as a filmmaker you you have to watch other filmmakers and you, yeah. it's not good enough to say i like that but i don't know why or i thought that was shit if uh, something's shit i i'll write a thesis or tell you on why that didn't work for me mm. if something's amazing i can so passionately write almost a dissertation on every step every editorial choice or piece of action or performance or music cue mm -hmm. that came together right, right. to create a a euphoric experience in the cinema which yeah. is something you're chasing now so many films leave you fucking flatlining totally right totally or don't you feel something if you were hooked up to heart rate monitor and adrenal monitors many films you would literally <laughs> there is no change no physiological response Absolutely, yeah yeah, it's that's so interesting. Yeah, it's an epidemic. Right, it now. really is. So, um you you've you've done born. It's gone really well for you and you're thinking right, okay, I want to make something myself, which has been in the sort of this thinking mm. about for a while. Mm. And Street Fighter comes along. <laughs> Prevent history from repeating itself. 
think it is time you taught us the techniques of the Hado. Test us, Shisho. Satsui no Hado. Does this place give you a strange feeling? Satsui no Hado is not something you want to be part of. It gets results. I'm telling you from experience, Ken. Tell us about the journey here. How did this become what it is today? I've been a Street Fighter fan of the game since it came out. Um, oh, back in the 90s, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, what, Street Fighter 1 was in the 80s. Can you believe 80s? Street Fighter is 30 years old? God. Wow. Now. It's incredible, isn't it? 30th yeah. anniversary. End of the 80s then, right? Yeah. yeah. So... Obviously, you had the games. Everyone, probably most people jumped on board Street Fighter 2 on the Super Nintendo yes, when yes. it came out or at the arcades and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And then there was the anime, the manga movie, mm. Street Fighter 2, the animated movie that yeah. was really fucking dark and cool and edgy. The music was great. The animation was great. The choreography in it was phenomenal. And that ex- kind of expanded the, the universe because now you're seeing this game in a in a narrative sense that really captured your imagination. Then there was a comic series mm. by Udon Comics. Um, so by this point, getting close to the point where I made Legacy, where mm. it all started, this like the Star Wars universe with all the books, the wider universe of of, of Star Wars. That existed, and the Van Damme movie came out, and it was campy and just ill. Yeah, Kylie Minogue as well. In that yeah, one, right. Yeah, and Raul right. Julia and yeah. and Van Damme and stuff. And you read the story of how that film Stephen E. D'Souza, who he wrote that in a day. What for it to get greenlit? They're like, there's a movie, but for it to all close, you need to write it in a day. And he wow. was like, I'll only put myself through this. 24 hours of torture if I get to direct it. Because Stephen E. D'Souza, I think, wrote Die Hard, possibly directed the second one right. as well. So he's a very accomplished writer, but mm. he just, you know, so he did it, all the politics of an IP. So that came out, and then the second one, The Legend of Chun-Li, came out. And it was so just derivative and just unrecognized. Everything that Street Fighter fans love about the mythology it hadn't captured mm. and it's like something snapped it's like Michael Douglas in Falling Down it's just like <laughs> something something went in something you. went where I was just like enough yeah enough it changes and I'm gonna do it great I'm gonna do it and how do you then go about doing it that's the main thing isn't you it you write originally a treatment was written <laughs> for yeah. a whole series so the plan wasn't to do this three minutes short it was to do a series and i i had 300 had just come out and i thought cool imagine doing it like hyper real with live sets but competent uh green screen backgrounds mm-hmm. to give it this look then i was uh partnering up with a production company streetlight films that did commercials that mm-hmm. famous steve mcqueen ford puma commercial oh, yeah. remember with him mm. compton Paul Street, he directed that. Right. So I was meeting with him about a film project he had, and we happened to talk. He was, oh, what else are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm developing this Street Fighter thing that I want to pitch to Capcom. Tell me about that. I pitched to him. He was really enthused, and I was like, well, what, look, why don't we partner on this? Because you've got great experience yeah, with, com- with comping and, all, and all, yeah. all that stuff. So I put together, had the treatment. I had my composer Patrick Gill do an orchestral reworking of Ryu's melody from mm-hmm. the game. 
And now having Streetlight Films, whose MD used to work for Ridley Scott, mm-hmm. RSA oh, and stuff. And, yeah. So it created a great package. And then my still to this day producer partner, Jackie Queller, came on board, who's an Os- she's got Oscar-nominated nice. movies behind her name. So now you've got a really slick Solid package. package. Yeah. So send it off to Capcom. They were like, we love it. We're getting a lot of other pitches in. You need to come and speak to us in person. So it's like, fuck, suddenly on a plane to LA, straight straight off the plane from LAX to Capcom, mm-hmm. licensing's offices. Wow. So did the pitch. Yeah. And they were like, great. We love it. So who's going to fund it? Oh, oh man. And, and, oh, I, no. and I was like... Um, you? Yeah, I was, I was hoping... <laughs> we're thinking like for about 2 to $2.5 million, we thought we could do like a 90 minute i don't know thing in yeah. the in the manner we described and they explained and this is where the learning they're mm. like we're the licensing division of capcom our job is to just exploit our ips in merchandising deals sure we don't have a pot of money to invest in things if anything we're making money by selling licensing the rights yeah. to our brands be mm. it resident evil or street fighter to third parties who will then pay us a license fee and a percentage she's like but we love your pitch why don't you go and pick to san mateo near san francisco and pitch to our marketing department there's a new street fighter game coming out in six months mm-hmm. they'll have some a marketing pot you're not going to get two million but you may yet get something to do something on a smaller scale okay so then Drove to San Francisco and then Hi, San guys. Mateo. <laughs> yeah. Pitched to them. Mm. They much more knew the brand there. Right. So there were some real Street Fighter aficionados that really put me through my paces. Okay. And I convinced them that I you knew what you're talking the job, about. Right. Mm. And having born behind you, yeah. big, you big know, thing. Yeah. one of the greatest movie fights of all time, it opens doors, mm-hmm. right? So you use things to leverage. And, um, so then they, we originally like, okay, we re-came up with a, sh- a, a short film. Originally, it was going to have five characters, yeah. Ryu, Ken, Akuma, Bison, and Kami. Mm-hmm. And we wanted $300,000 to do like a 10-minute Like thing. teaser thing to show. Yeah, yeah proof yeah. of concept. Yeah. That would be released at the same time as the game for cross-promotion stuff. Yeah. They were like, okay, if you can go back to London and pitch to Capcom Europe and convince them to put in half 150 k We'll put in 150k and then make it happen. So then I fly back to London and I pitch to London, uh-huh. get them on board. Cut a long story short, all this politics, America start getting cold feet. 300k becomes half, 150k. Mm. And mainly, if it wasn't for the good guys at Capcom Europe who were championing it, it would have fallen apart. Then Paul Street, um, you know, he kind of got lost interest as how long it went on yeah but we pulled it together with jackie really helping me um and this is where my producing experience because now you're getting into contracts Ooh, and, yeah all that it's a different and, world that yeah yeah that's not just standing hitting your mark and fighting someone that's mm. yeah, yeah the business, serious business pitching end of it. and negotiating mm-hmm. and finances and planning and script writing and adapting now a script to the budget you have now we don't have the money to do green screen studio stuff we're going to shoot this live action mm-hmm. in a location, Ashridge Estate in Hertfordshire, 
were used as wood. So it, this thing, Street Fighter Legacy, you can uh, search for it on YouTube. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's so worth seeing. It really is well made. It's Thank great. You. Thank it's you. Great. Three minutes. Um, but really, at the time, we were shooting with a Phantom mm-hmm. and a Red doing 1,000 frame per second shots. And you can imagine lighting a forest Ooh, at yeah. night with enough light to get, get that 1,000 frames a Hard. second. Yeah. Um, it's no small feat. So the lighting package was pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is wind- most of your money probably went, right? Yeah, a lot yeah. on that. Wind machines catering. Now, look, $150,000 is back then like 90K. Mm-hmm. We could have got, more, I would say, more out on a more indie approach, but $150,000 a day is a standard day rate for a commercials company. Mm-hmm. It's a typical car commercial, right? That's their day yeah. spend. So no corners were cut. We had full catering. There were 60 crew. Wow. We had national trust people there to make sure we weren't damaging the trees. We had full ambulance, fire crew yep, safety people tra- makeup around. trailer everything like right. the works for a three minute short we had <laughs> it was like a commercial yeah, right? yeah, huge. um everyone got paid no one was doing freebies mm-hmm. we had a full sfx team mm-hmm. um full wire rigging stunt register stunt coordinator and something because we had to do wire pulls and and flame uh fire burns for ken's flaming course, dragon punch yeah. Had to fly Ryu actor John Fu from America in and all that. So look, we we made that thing, and uh, it it considering we we didn't release it on a big YouTube channel. We just created a YouTube channel and put it out there. Mm-hmm. And even Capcom got in America got cold feet. They tried to shelve it really at one point because they well after it come out on youtube no before, oh, before. it come out right. they were gonna just try and shelve the whole thing it was really weird oh. that is weird and then it came out and it got a 98.6 percent approval rating all the magazines that reviewed it loved it and mm-hmm. wanted to see more i imagine yeah, yeah and yeah. it was just like what dealing with big corporations there are so many layers and yeah. people with their own agendas mm. all it takes is one person to suddenly think I don't, I don't want this to happen and it yeah. can fuck. So so much of getting ahead in the film business is being a good politician and mm. digging your heels. And sometimes sheer force of will and endurance will wear people down. Or those people will actually move company. They'll eventually yes. resign, be made redundant. And someone and else will come up, but you're still going, you're no, still, still going, yes, this is happening. That's, and they go, all right, we better do it then. <laughs> yeah, I've outlived at Capcom five heads of licensing wow <laughs> it's crazy oh and you're still standing, standing and then, trying to make a new relationship with them every time and then you realize fuck these people the company is actually <laughs> in japan i need to have a real power player as an ally above their head someone so yeah. powerful the guy that produces the game perhaps mm. that if someone's giving me shit in li- licensing I can pull rank on them yeah. and they threaten yeah. to get their job lost. Yeah. It's, I mean, look, it's insane to go to those levels, but on this journey, I mean, look, the current head of licensing, I get on with great. And many of them have been really instrumental in making this work, but mm. there were some people along the way in that company that were arch nemeses right. who um, made your life difficult. Shall we say hell? So, 
Legacy came out, great yep. views, this, that, and the other. It's just like, right, now we've done this. Mm-hmm. Let's do something feature length, yes, which yeah. was Assassin's Fist. Yeah. Tell an origin story of Ryu and Ken yeah. and the story of their master, Go- their master Goken and his brother Akuma, mm-hmm. who's almost like the Vader yeah. of the, of the, the Goken the, and, and, and uh, Akuma, almost like Obi-Wan and Vader. Yeah. You know, they, they represent the light and the dark side of... <laughs> And they learned the secret of it all, right? They wanted to learn the secret yeah. to get through. And you had a great cast. Um, I mean, pretty much the same cast as the the short, right? The three minute short. Uh, uh, but Ryu was different. We Ryu had Mike Moe. Mike Moe, well. yeah. But Christian Howard, Christian who's Howard been again. my collaborator for yeah. a long time, was reprised the role of Ken. And he looks brilliant and is brilliant in it. He's fantastic in it. Akira, um, Shogun Itukazu. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gaku Space. Haruni Lee. Hyunri, yeah. Hyunri Lee. Um, Togo Igawa. Mark Killeen, who I know quite well. Um, Hal. Yamanuchi. Hal Yamanuchi and yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it was So it's a real love letter to martial arts and ha- and Japanese culture. Half of Assassin's Fist is in spoken Japanese, uh, period accurate Japanese. Mm. Because the film, for those of you that haven't seen the series or the film, it was compiled on Netflix and on the Blu-ray as a, a continuous running feature right as opposed to the episodic form that people first saw it on machinima mm. on youtube um it jumps between two time zones the the present day in the film is the late 80s which ryu and ken are still training in the sort of mountain side dojo in japan under their mm. master goken and as he kind of crosses the point of no return to start teaching them these huddle, these special energy techniques that allow them to do the Hadouken, sort of mm-hmm. fireball and dragon punch. He takes them to the now almost abandoned dojo that he himself grew up in. So mm-hmm. you start to flash back to Ryu and Ken's master's past when he was their age. You have a parallel timeline, and that timeline is set in the 50s post-World War II. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, you've made the short. How then did you go about making the the actual at the time the feature, which obviously got split up into twelve parts? Did you go back to them and go right now we want to make this this way? How did it evolve so you actually got the money and could make it? So because it's a licensing deal, and this is the complexity of of making something that's based on an existing IP IP or intellectual property. For those of you that are wondering what IP is. you need to do a licensing deal with the rights holder that can be very lengthy, complex, and uh, expensive. I'll try and give you, listeners, the top line. Mm. So, for example, you first try and option the rights. So you pay an amount, say uh, $10,000, to option. What that does is it, it gives you a hold period for a year that stops anyone else getting their hands on that, that, say it's the... TV rights to yes, something yeah. or digital rights mm-hmm. to, to make a series. You may pay $10,000. That gives you a year to raise the money to actually make the production. And once you do that, it's called exercising the option. Yes. And then you would pay a license fee, which is much bigger mm-hmm. than the option fee. The license fee is typically 5% of the production budget capped to a certain point. Yeah. So you're not paying infinite money. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So sometimes to get finance, it may take two years. So you're paying $20,000 just to stop anyone else trying mm. to come in and mm-hmm. poach it from under your nose whilst you've spent years of your life trying to get Developing this thing it going. Right? It your ass off, yeah. So you need the company to be behind you. So at one point, we'd be negotiating with one head of licensing for a year and then our option was going to expire and then they left and a new licensing came and they were like we want to do a deal with fox mm. i know someone at fox that wants the rights for this so they suddenly shut the door to us oh wow and we're like we're now talking to fox it took me meeting the producer of the game mm-hmm. yoshinori ono ono-san I was actually producing a live Street Fighter and Resident Evil walkthrough event for the Nintendo 3DS launch. Right, Long okay. story. In all these cities in the country, and there was a grand launch event in London, and Ono, the producer of the game, was there. I didn't even know he would be there. Right. So he sees the show. He's like, hey, it's you. You did Legacy. And I'm like, yeah, we've been trying to make Assassin's Fist. Got a treatment. Everything's ready. And we're being cock-blocked. He was like, so you have something to read. You have a script. I said, I have a detailed script. He's like, his interpreter was like, I want to read it. You need to get this to me in Japanese. Wow. Like, something in like, I think three days time. He said, I'll be traveling to Italy and I'll have time to read it then. (laughs) If I like it and it's good, I will block whatever nonsense is going on with licensing Mm -hmm. with Fox and, and force this to happen for them to just get on and Mm. give you the rights so i had to then pay this example of how you've got to put money in to make money to translate a fucking hell this must have been 25 page font 10 size treatment yeah into japanese nuance in two days wow two thousand read well yeah so i had to pay someone translated two grand to turn it around send it to him he read it he loved it he was like picked up the phone and and brilliant you know made people fall on their swords and mm-hmm. then suddenly they're like hi oh, yes. we are now <laughs> wanting to talk to you because yeah. we've kind of been forced on pain of death <laughs> to do it <laughs> so then you know we, we we get going we get the you know the rights yeah so now it's into finance raising mm. um now, yeah, that, fi- that's just for the rights that's not even finance that's yeah this is just the, so you're spending 20 grand plus two grand plus working you know round the clock and stuff so now it's the difficult thing of raising Mm. finance and making it our way this was not done through a studio or a known uh production company because then come creative constraints and Mm -hmm. people who think they know better so we managed to uh, finance this by half was independent equity Half was to the tune of two point two million dollars. So half of that was independent equity, in, in, i.e., someone investing their money. Yep. The other half was through cash flowed pre-sales. Okay. And then the rest, the eight hundred grand deficit to make it up to a on paper three hundred three million budget, was all the HODs and me and the producers deferring like eighty percent of their upfront fee. Wow. Okay. And that made up on paper mm. enough to go right. Eight, yeah, so technically lit. it was three million, mm. but eight hundred grand of salary mm-hmm. was not paid. Yeah, does that make sense? It does. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So now you're like, okay, we can 
We can now make this. Yeah, we can now make this. And you chose to you chose to shoot in Bulgaria at New Buena Studios, same place where I shot The Dare. Um, we we well, have the same editor as well. Exactly, which is Parker, great. The lovely Holly Parker. So he good, is isn't he? he's quite the find. He really he? is very yeah. very good. Not anyone out there wants to employ a great editor. Don't employ him because I want him to myself, and I'm sure yeah. Joey does too. He's really talented. Yeah. He brought so much to The Dare. It was incredible. And personality. I think that yeah. anyone that's film made hours upon days upon days 15 hours in a dark room with mm-hmm. with one guy, one or, guy. Or you've woman. got to like them you have to get yeah. on well yeah. mm. they have to understand your vision support mm. your vision but know how to challenge you yeah. what well, ollie's really good this is just a little aside about the director editor relationship you'll be editing and you still are running over time yeah Something needs to go. You're like, no, no, no. You're precious. Everything's your baby. You don't want to cut off any limb off your baby. So he's like, okay. So we, you do whatever tweaks you can that day and you go home. The next morning, always the editor will typically start work an hour. It's good for your editor to at least get an hour or two's work in before you come in. Allow, mm-hmm. Give him space on his own. So he'll come in and say, and you as director, okay, let's just watch back. <laughs> yeah, let me see my amazing scene. Yeah, so you watch <laughs> it back and you're like, cool. And then he says... You know, I've managed to cut two minutes out of that. He said, can you tell from where? And you're like, mm. I'm struggling. He's like, if you can't, if you didn't miss it, it doesn't need to be in there. There you go. And it's it's those yeah. great things of, of, of mm. a, a, an editor um, knowing you well yes. and knowing how to take slide things out from under your nose and seeing whether you know sometimes <laughs> he'll do it and I'll instantly say put that back in at once and, then, and, then he's and like, other times I, you won't notice at yeah, all yeah and it's you need and because I've done two projects with Ollie now mm. you get a great shorthand yes you get yeah. a phenomenal shorthand yeah. but um we no, digress yeah we do so yeah you, you, you now got chance to make it you're in bulgaria um wonderful place there's an amazing team there and now you're you're fully directing in your mind yeah. a feature film first of all how did that feel for you to actually be going i'm directing something it was it was magical um mm. on so many because for that film i was the lead writer on it mm-hmm. i was the director was one of three producers on it i choreographed all the fights directed all the fights and you starred in it. Starred in it, speaking only Japanese. Incredible. I had to get freaking hench, like, you know. My even to this day, my body size is is big now because of Akuma. Because if you look I mean, at me in Born, I yeah, was seventy nine yeah. kilos mm. and before playing Akuma I got to hundred and two kilos. Wow. It's a big It's almost fifty percent increase. That's incredible. You ch- yeah, you change your blueprint. Um yeah. It's just a dream. It's 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 pure creation. To mm. I can't. I mean, there are some people listening would have done this to, to write something, to create something from nothing is filmmaking, and that's yeah. on one of um, the very special things. It's Genesis, isn't it? Mm. If, if we're going to get biblical, not that I'm religious, but the, the art of where there wasn't something, there is now something that has an identity, a mm. DNA, a mm. pulse. It lives, and people have an attachment to to this thing yeah. and feel part of it. it, it, it there, there's very, I guess, other than probably giving birth and having a, having your own kid and witnessing Genesis that way, I think writing, directing, producing, and making a film, how you, how you envisaged it in your mind's eye, mm. 
turning that into tangible reality. Mm. So you're writing a script about a dojo on a mountainside in Japan. And now, okay, we're in a mountainside in Bulgaria that doubles amazingly for Japan. Yeah. And we've built a fully working dojo, which had no studio mm-hmm. interiors. Every set is a fully working set. So for the actors, they're on a mountainside, mm-hmm. in geese, in a dojo, yep. going to work every day. Incredible. Fully immersed in, in, the, in the real the, thing. There's no breaking of... Yeah. Like, so speaking to all the cast and... They're, a lot of them say it's the greatest experience they've had because it was it, as as for, from an actor's point of view, you are just living that. Yeah. Yeah. You're just living yeah. that life. Yeah. There's no, and I think that's the really nice thing. If you can actually build working sets mm. that are full interiors, you're not going to a studio interior to get. Mm. You're just there. Yeah. It just, I as an actor, you're not having to make believe. Yeah, are you? You, you can believe. Yeah, you're not looking at a green screen and a mm. tennis ball. You're actually yeah. seeing the creatures. And um, so, uh, where, where can people actually see this now? You say it's available in America, but not here well, at the no, moment. No, so Assassin's Fist, yeah, is available everywhere. It was on Netflix for a couple of years in the UK, Hulu in the states. Best place to get it: buy the Blu-ray. Go on Amazon. Uh, look, you can still get it on iTunes, Google Play, any of the regular uh, digital mm-hmm. to purchase or stream YouTube, purchase or stream. But, you know, there's a wonderful Steelbook um, yeah. uh, Blu-ray. So, look, you, any of the usual suspects for Street Fighter, Assassin's Fist. Yeah. Um, that, and that was that. And it, it, it had a great response. Yeah. How, how about you? How did you feel about it? When it, when it all came together with that, because it was your creation. Mm. And in that way, when you see the finished product, how do you feel about it? I liked it. The first thing is you have, you have to like it. Mm. I, I, it gives me feels the, the score. There's a very powerful soundtrack to it. Um, yeah, I'm very proud of it. We did. We squeezed every penny and more mm. out of the budget we had. Um, physically, from that, the action, the actors left everything on screen, and, nice. and I think to do a production where you're like, we did, we we did everything we could, yeah. and to have had such a response from mm-hmm. the audience, you know, to know that your instincts were, were right, you right. know. You've done in a way. Even if I never get, I may never get that level of control again. Yeah. So I'm glad to have done it, and it's exhausting. It's mm-hmm. not for the faint of hearted. I mean, after all that, my father died a week before the premiere oh, man. of the thing, and dealing with that, then a year later, I had a, a nervous breakdown. I mean, it Shit. takes it out of you yep. seven days a week. People don't understand m- making a film financing a film the anxiety you're living in a constant state of cortisol and adrenaline Mm -hmm. and uh it could two years seven days a week work could all fall apart like that every email you get you're filled with dread could this be an email that's torpedoing the whole thing wow it's just um so to see it through yep it's um yeah it's it's a great sense of a comfort but it takes its pound of flesh it does does. Uh, filmmaking you start off bushy-tailed, bright-eyed. Mm-hmm. It's like Harvey Dent says, you either die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain. You can see why <laughs> some people become <laughs> jaded, jaded and darkened totally. and angry and impatient mm-hmm. as filmmakers because it takes 
So for those of you that are just actors or just crew, you've got to sometimes appreciate a film that you come on board where you're hopefully employed and mm-hmm. paid fairly. The producer directors maybe live with this for three years, nonstop, seven days a week yeah. of pure anxiety. Mm-hmm. That it could fall down any minute. And yeah. then everyone, the actual making of the film is is, is 2% at the end. Totally. At the 11th yeah. hour. And yeah. it takes some, it takes, it, it comes at a cost. There's no... There's so no getting true. out of it without it, it leaving scar. Hopefully, you grow hugely from it, but yep. you will have battle scars from it 100%. psychologically, possibly health wise. Yep. They know. say it's a miracle that you actually get a movie out there that someone sees because, mm. like you say, it's not just filming it and getting it to for people to, it's everything. There's all the bits in between of raising the money, the problems that happen in post, actually, then getting how do you get it to the audience Absolutely. it's it's commercial a huge, endeavor after you yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's a huge. massive and it is a miracle to make a film and it for really anyone is. to see it it really is so oh, do well, what? support whatever you can indie filmmakers you know even the studio films it's so hard to make but certainly uh, independent films go well, see them and also like you know having the insight of your journey to get to that point of having mm. made one massive congratulations yeah, for doing it because yeah, yeah. what an achievement it's incredible it really is go thanks. see it man support the film thanks, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. It, and it just shows it's possible you just mm. have to know you know know the game you're getting into i didn't go to film school i didn't go to writing school i didn't go to direct like look i've spent enough times on set the more you're on set the more you learn yeah so and true. watch I, I encourage you films you love Break down why you love them. Mm. Understand the cinematography and shot choices, the editing, the score, the use of stuff, performance. You can be it. Directing is not this. There's this f- myth. Any, any one of you guys listening can be a writer, could be an Oscar-winning script writer. You don't even have to understand screenplay formatting. That's easy. That's, you could get someone yeah, to take yeah. a very detailed, long-form novel-style treatment and lay it out in a screenplay form if you have a good idea a good inciting incident good characters just start writing don't think oh i need to go to to writing school to, to well, that's, courses all that yeah, kind of stuff. The, yeah you can write it there's, can't you? yeah there's a paper dragon that's that blocks the way of writing directing and stuff if, mm. if 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 you have got a good imagination good and you understand you understand storytelling mm. don't let it hold you back just put pen to paper if people are, like what they see it encourages and you go step by step you know Love what I mean? Love well it, it goes full circle back to what you started out with saying that the born thing for you was like breaking through that imaginary ceiling no mm. limitations after that it's the you're right it's just that it's that psychological limitation people put on themselves isn't it and you, you're quite right just mm. get out there and start doing it do it do it do, do it, it right as much as you and can ally ally with people yeah. other people you need even if you're a, a rambo mm. and you've, and I, I think i have rambo a bit i've done a lot of just one man army you still need you do you yeah. need allies you, do. you need and you need invest in people so they invest in you. My producer partners, another Street Fighter anecdote, the, the finance didn't close actually until one week before we rolled cameras, wow. right? But bear in mind, we had to start building dojos of course you did. five weeks beforehand. Flying people we in have rehearsals. to fly cast in weeks. So where's the money come from? Mm-hmm. And the lawyers from <clears throat> representing, you know, some party 
the last minute, say there's £14,000 of legal fees you have to pass. Otherwise, the deal will fall apart. Me and my producer partner had to pay seven grand a piece like that wow. because we were literally uh, extorted. <clears throat> yeah. And this <laughs> happened. So my producer partner had to remortgage their house wow. to free up about 50K to cash flow the initial set building, flying actors <sighs> in. That is how the level of investment, I'll be forever indebted to them. And, and, that shows dedication. That's how real it gets yeah. to making when people are putting their houses on the line yeah. out of belief in your vision. Mm-hmm. In, uh, but you don't get to that stage until you've you've gone through a lot together and you yeah. become like family. And mm-hmm. and Jackie and Mark will um, forever be yeah family to me because we've been through so much, so much. deaths you know in the duration of making a film it's amazing in three four years what goes on in your lives Mm -hmm. so with all that in mind the fact you've actually managed to make something and something brilliant as well what's next for you what is what's on the horizon you Um, want to direct more obviously i would love to direct that's the big thing uh whilst the big thing is to try and after assassin's fist uh despite doing resurrection which is this mini series Mm -hmm. which is out there yep if you're in the right country yes um was to do a full-on huge budget tv series of street fighter so i pitched to all those i was in la for about four months after assassin's fist premiered over there Mm -hmm. pitched to all the studios got representation as a a writer director in hollywood and Mm -hmm. uh that's then a whole new stage of learning understanding the studio system and how big game of thrones size shows get get made Mm -hmm. um that has its own perils and pitfalls as I'm continuing to learn. I want to make this show. I'm only really interested in doing Street Fighter further if I do it the way I know it needs to be done. Do you mm. see what I mean? I yeah, I for mean. sure. Mm. There's obviously a lot of pressure potentially. Um, you go to places that are interested, but TV is a big collaborating thing, and sometimes it it could turn into something mm. you don't necessarily want it to be. So we'll see. I'm still working to try and get that made. That's been a three year negotiation endeavor. It's, these things take a long time. Yeah. So we'll see if that comes off. Um, I've been acting. I've mm. recently uh, a lot. I'm working on Mission Impossible Six at the moment. Amazing. As we speak, working with. Tom Cruise has been a, a big bucket list kind of thing. Tick him um, off. Brilliant. Well which done. is so that's been we shot in Paris for six weeks. Um I'm still doing studio stuff here in London. I've got my last stint uh in February to do and then that's done. I did Aladdin, Guy Ritchie's Aladdin last year. Yeah. Went to Jordan uh right. to shoot that. That was great. Um Joe Cornish's new film. Joe Cornish did Attack the Block. He's yes. got a new film called The Kid Who Would Be King. Yes. Um, I'm in that. Based on King Arthur's legend, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great. So um, it's been really busy filming-wise, actually, jumping between, leapfrogging between three films at once um, has been good. So filmmaking, now I'm I'm writing a lot of original products doing ip making stuff based on someone else's intellectual property i've done it i've done two three iterations mm-hmm. of street fighter i would love to do the tv show i have planned if everything aligns the way i want that will happen if not i'll turn to something else but i think now you learn when you've done your first feature 
you suddenly realize you need to have a slate of projects. Mm -hmm. If all your eggs are just in one basket and that doesn't happen, it's debilitating. So once you've got momentum, you Mm. need to have maybe four or five projects that maybe different one could be a digital series one could be a feature film one could be for a tv show pitch Mm -hmm. and they're different stages of of development so whatever's um shining light at the time you go with Mm -hmm. because something may hit the doldrums for a bit and if that's all you've got you're now not now you're in the doldrums you're not doing nothing exactly so now there's always something collaboration so apart from my own Mm -hmm. uh tyrannical projects that i want to do other filmmakers that i respect that i want to work with i'm like what can we collaborate on is there a script you want to we should develop together is Mm -hmm. there a project you're in i can act in Mm -hmm. collaborations are are great and building building that web of of uh creative collaborations and that's you know so Mm. it's, it's trying to do it all right joey this has been fantastic thank you so much we could talk all day we have talked for two hours i've got to cut this down to 40 minutes in some way um but in terms of where can people follow you on social media um because obviously people would love to to follow your journey as well um i'm not a huge social media whore maybe to my own detriment i'm on instagram Mm -hmm. uh just look up the joey answer um I have uh, Joey Answer official uh, Facebook sort of like page, mm-hmm. as opposed to my personal page. I am on Facebook, but I'm you know quiet. But yeah. you can fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I try and keep that for people I personally know. Yeah, but but right. I'm not on Twitter, so I guess Insta- Instagram would be the easiest to find right? you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah perfect, yeah. perfect. Uh, and you can follow us at the filmmakers podcast.com as always to check out all our back catalogue of podcasts with some amazing people or follow us on twitter at filmmakers pod you can follow me at giles alderson dan where can we follow you you can follow me at dan 710ths perfect it's always a good place to follow you yeah. Oh. Joe, man, this has been my favourite. No, I can't. You can't say that. No, it's can't. been my favourite one so far. This is so insightful. I've really oh, enjoyed listening to you. It's been so good. Thank more, you. Two more hours. Yeah, been great. Indeed. I know. I could talk. I could yeah. talk for. You didn't know what you're letting yourself. <laughs> <in for. laughs> no, it's been great. <laughs> it's been really Eight hour podcast. Yeah, but indeed. If this had been live, this would have been the phones would have been ringing off the hook. Ringing off been the hook. They are. It's been um, really amazing. It has been amazing. Um, remember, being prepared is everything. You can make your indie film, but know who your audience is. Get out there and do it it's 2018 people hashtag make your film in 2018 and then if you're lucky enough to do well like joey and rise up it's your duty to send the elevator back down and help everyone out remember street fighter is available go check it out on the itunes on uh, amazon and wherever else you can get hold of it watch it it's brilliant see the work that's gone into that for now, we will see you next Tuesday. As always, Joey, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Dan, thank you, pleasure. pleasure. Always a pleasure, man. And we'll Thanks, see you next Tuesday. Take care. Bye-bye. See you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. You can't say that. I've said it every time. <laughs> <laughs>